question. I'm your host, Ken McKay, and I know a lot of interesting people. I bring them on, and I ask them dumb questions. In this episode, my continuing chat with Laura and Matt of Obviously Improv. Our fundraiser is coming up April 4th, and tickets are available through a link in the show notes. In this episode, we chat about some of the founding philosophies of Obviously Improv, and we learn something very surprising about Laura. In episode 5 of Dumb Question. And it's always that brings out your best side, you know. I, I like a little bit of competition. I, a little bit of pressure, I think, helps me perform. It's so interesting. That's like, um, I was just talking the other day with someone about how that competitive model um, is, like, works like that on men. Yeah. You know, but not necessarily on women. Do you know what I mean? As a, as a female improviser, like, I teach a course called Impro Mama just for female improvisers. And... You know, several of them say to me, oh, you know, thanks for this environment. You know, I just felt so great. And so I explained to them that I intentionally created a safe learning environment for them that where it's okay to screw up, it's okay to fail. Of course, like, m- one of my big things about Keith, he just said in a workshop a couple months ago was, um, if you're a beginner, be a beginner. What else would you be? And I was like, yeah, that's, so, that's, that's such good, helpful advice. Why would I be an expert baseball player if I played t-ball once when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I expect that? But then we expect that of ourselves as, as improvisers. So we were just talking about how the competitive model sometimes drives men forward um, and, and sometimes makes women more hesitant to get involved with it. Just in it, obviously speaking, in a larger, um, I don't know what you would call generalization, I guess. Uh. Yeah, Toronto is not a safe learning environment. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Uh, but it, yeah, it is. It is exciting. And actually, I'd say you know the ratio of men to women is pretty pretty close actually out there oh, too. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I'd say probably better than Calgary if I just look at you know performing improvisers on, on stages. Yeah. I would say that the ratio in Toronto is is a little more uh, gender parity. Well, that's why I teach the improv on the course because. Yeah. I just want more women in the scene. Well, it just and makes better improv. Of course it makes better improv. And, and it's just like, I just think it should be, we should have stronger female improvisers around to, to growing, you know? And so that's part of the improv school, which is another thing that obviously improv has been putting together this year in uh, co-producing with the Kinknots. That was, a, that was a series of uh, tiered improv classes. Yeah, so we have like a level A, B, C, D, and then we have one-off courses. Matt's teaching one right now called Improv uh, Supernova, mm-hmm. which is... It's a totally inaccurate name. 
Yeah, yeah. As, as Ryan, he's your brother. Supernova is an explosion, not. It's because when a star a collapses in and of itself, because it gets too heavy. So Matt wants to teach us how to break improv. I think is what he <laughs> kind meant. of. Yeah, that's it's the whole yeah. point of the course is just to look at short form and and long form and, and smash them together and see what see what comes out. Mm. Yeah. So like, or Impro Mama is my course for women. So like, we we do those levels, but then also throw in maybe wheelhouses of instructors that are around, or um, maybe the public is asking for a certain like type of thing. Maybe we'll put on a musical course instead of just a one-off, yeah. you know, because people are interested in it, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's been really cool. And good attendance, good uh, yeah. again next year. Yeah, and you know, from our from our first bit, we learned about just, you know, like I was saying about <laughs> artistic directing, we're just, you know, figuring it out um, as we go. So we learned how to market a little bit better and learned how to respond to the needs of the people who want to take the classes and tailor that to what the what the need is in the city and uh, yeah so it's been it's been great and yeah we're gonna keep going and it's and it's cool because it's it, it trains improv fundamentals before it's before you specialize in long form or short form is how does the school set up yeah so it's like yeah you can go through those levels and then you can kind of specialize within that if you want or go go both ways a lot of people sign up for level a b c d and in Pro Mama, you know, they're just like <laughs> super hungry for for learning. So we wanted to fill that niche. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first took improv in, in 2011, I did that. I took every course I could possibly get access to. I tried putting a wig on to get into the women only class, and that did not fly. No, I can tell. The, the, beard, the beard. The beard. Yeah. You know what's crazy? And though? that I know you. And Those are the I two things. Is, is that Laura, Don't judge. <laughs> Laura and I came up without improv classes. Like, like. Yeah, totally. We did. We never mm. had when we were first starting out as improvisers in Calgary. There, I mean, there was kind of the moose, but that was even during the hiatus time. I think even like because they had a, a break when they did two years without shows. I think that might even have been about the same time when we were actually like starting with improv. And well, the process, like I did go around to the moose when I was a teenager, and I remember the process. Yeah, the process was just like, yeah, come around for a long time, and you know, we'll see, right? And so after a while, I was like, oh, I'm just mostly selling popcorn, and so then, <laughs> I, and then I met Rick from the guild, and and he basically gave me, he and Dave Duncan gave me free, personalized, like one-on-one -on -one coaching, put me in shows pretty much immediately with like yeah. these, like improv guys that have been doing it for like three decades. Yeah, I walked in, They uh, through Laura, I, I got to guest on an improv guild show. I just guested one time. Rick's like, yeah, come down. I never seen me before. Threw me on stage. I learned games on the stage. That's how I learned all, most of the games yeah. I play, I learned them on stage. Like I never workshopped them once. I did it for the first time in front of an audience and then we did, then then later on we'd maybe talk about it. Be like, oh, that's how this works. Like, Laura and yeah. I did that way. But then, yeah, we got this crazy intense like coaching because once I stepped on the stage, I just kept getting booked for two right. weeks, two weeks, two yeah. weeks, two weeks. It was really cool, like, um, because I'm a teacher, I think about times that I've learned something and then I try to replicate those experiences for my kids. Like, what, like it, when you're learning to drive, if you have somebody who's in your passenger seat who's like, oh my god, put your foot on, no, watch out, then you, like, you stress and it's, like, a really, it's a really not a pleasant experience, right? I taught Laura how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. But if they're like, but if they're like, and now put your foot on the pedal, you got this, everything's okay, then you're calm and you learn better, right? Um, and the thing about 
doing that with Rick and Dave is like they totally believed in me way before I believed in myself. Oh, yeah. Like I was just like, are you sure you want me to be in your show? You know, I don't know how to do this, right? And they're like, yeah, you'll be fine. We got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I got you that know. email. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did the first fringe after taking uh, one improv course. I did yeah. four weeks of improv, and then I was in the fringe that year. <laughs> and I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> it, was, it was very. It was very. It was being tossed into the, the deep water, yeah. basically. But you yeah. have to. But oh, like with with your little like. Yeah, with your with your water wings. Water wings. I was, wings uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just playing the guitar and separate drinking fountains and. Separate and, drinking fountains. <laughs> that's oh the way, my god. That's the, way, that's the way Heather described it. Oh my it's god. When I first went into the the <laughs> the, the thing, I thought I'm going to be improvising with everyone else. Yeah. And playing the guitar, and yeah. then I asked Rick, and I'm like, I, how is this gonna work? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just starting out here. Like I can do some of the stuff, okay, but I can't yeah. do all. And he's like, no, no, you're just playing the guitar and watching. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And it was literally like I was on one side, playing my guitar, and everyone else, and Heather's like, it's like you got a for drinking fountain. Oh my god. <laughs> but which get like I kind of requested that because I didn't want like. <laughs> you I requested your own drinking fountain. Yeah, it was separate drinking fountain. Because so well, because, because I went into it and I invited my friends thinking that I was going to be playing improv. Uh. <laughs> and, and yeah, well, no. yeah. There's there's always yeah. There's there's moments when you're I think thrown in above your your head, and you're like I do not know what I'm doing. Some of the first time I played long form shows, uh, I did not know what I was doing. I'm like I've been performing improv for, you know, you know five, six, seven years, but I have no idea what is going on right now. <laughs> You know, but th those are the moments when you're just like the learning curve is so huge, right? You, you know, you're not you're not succeeding, you're failing over and over again, which is so wonderful that you can do on stage with improv, and 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 the learning that comes out of those moments is huge, just huge. Yeah, we've been. Um, Matt does improv residencies with schools, so he came into my school and. The kids thought it was so ridiculous that Matt was telling them to that uh, to embrace failure, and that he's like, I want each <laughs> and every one of you to be a failure. Like they thought that was ridiculous, and they told yeah. me they're like, Mrs. Tinesco, get a load of this guy. This is what he said. I'm like, Yeah, I support that. I agree with it. They were like, Oh, what? what? Really? I'm like, Yeah. You are gonna think this is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, No, no, no that's a core philosophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I well, strongly believe in that too. It's interesting <laughs> when you think about the educational like education philosophy is about not failing, you know? And that's a lot of where Keith's work came from. Yeah. It's about getting stuff right. Yeah, yeah. because you know? the Western education basically ruins you. Yeah. Uh, and turns you into someone who can function in the, in the bureaucracy. In the bureaucracy of the Western world. And yeah. that does not reward failure. And have you ever noticed like, when, like you see someone make a mistake with somebody driving, and they and they 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 move over to the lane a little bit, or they park stupid. Yeah. They're not just oh they made a mistake. It's that guy's a effing a hole, right? Mm -hmm. it's yeah. like, there's no there's no line between a, a regular yeah. human being and a complete screw up. There's yeah. no degrees of, <laughs> uh, of 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 mistake. It's you either yeah. a complete write off or you're or you're okay. Well, Keith will say stuff like the third scene of the night should be bad. That's why I'm I show up. That's you're in the third I, scene. I'm, I'm, That's I, what, after guitar they were like. Now, Kent, we want you in you, the third you, scene you, only. You open the oven up. And the third scene comes in, <laughs> and I and I and I make the questionable scene judgment, and then I go back in the box, and the rest of the show can proceed. And or like to the sound improviser, he would say, if you didn't make three mistakes tonight, you weren't you weren't working hard enough. You know, 
it's yeah you gotta be trying stuff totally like you're, you're taking, taking risks yeah you don't take the risks you're never going to hone your craft of course right in any in any artistic practice yeah and and if you're improvising you 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 cannot predict what comes next so you can't and you prepare. need the, you need the energy so, of the show like our hip opera that we did great in our rehearsal didn't have the feedback from an audience right like we actually you don't know what a thing is going to be like until the audience is right there with you and so when you're in the moment on the fly sound improvising or lighting improvising if you don't if you're not trying things in front of an audience with feedback without the possibility of stopping you just have to deal with what happened then you're propelling yourself forward i think it's super important mm. yeah it's one of the most important things you you can do <laughs> and yeah, doing it on stage is a whole nother level. You know, doing do, it. Doing it. See, I'm one of the guys. I made a doing it joke. Uh oh, good oh, joke. Doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of a big joke. Kind of. She didn't let her doing it go by without being called. Yeah, right? So yeah. when you're doing it. <laughs> uh, so this kind of brings up a question more for myself. Because mm. when, when you guys started, there wasn't, as you said, there was. That wasn't so much improv schools, but there was the moves, but it was hard to get into. So the people who were doing improv weren't necessarily trained improvisers. They learned, you guys learned on the fly. And now people who, there are people who have been doing improv for 10 years in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. People come about out of high school have done, done improv. And a lot of improv shows are stocked with people who are exclusively trained in improv. So is there room for dilettantes in the improv community? Uh, well, yeah, because <laughs> there's room for everyone. <laughs> you know, that's that's the cool that's that's the cool thing about it. Uh, ultimately, what you know, what you what you do on stage, it doesn't matter what your training is. If some people have really amazing instincts really early on, there's there's people that just that just step on an improv stage and get it. And it, it's not because of training, it's just because of the specific makeup of their brain and, and their life says, I, I can do this. Well, there's a lot of options in Calgary right now. Yeah. There's a lot of options in Calgary. The community's never been improv. healthier. It's, there is a real community in Calgary now. There's, 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 there's places uh, that specialize in different things. There's connections. There's, yeah, there's options. Yeah, I'm a part of like four groups right now and I don't even live here and I'm a part of like three or four <laughs> <Yeah>. groups <laughs> that's how possible oh, it is to I wanted to do the math like, how many impro active improvisers do you think are in Calgary oh I've like done 200? this well I was um, like active, maybe 150 I'd say 100. 100. Yeah, 100. I'd say about 100. Active that, that's my estimation. Yeah, I, 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 and that includes like 40 people who don't perform very often. So that means we can yeah. form one group of 100. <laughs> then how many groups of 99? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because this is so much uh, now, uh, I call it cross-pollinization. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go play with yeah. you. I, you know, we, we, we clearly have trained in different styles or we have different attitudes, but I see something in you that I want to play with. Yeah. And forming new groups like Giggle Duck, and which... On you know, I was a, it was a crazy show with Andrea and Christine, like <laughs> yeah, which wouldn't probably would not have existed without that kind of. Well, like this whole this whole like big thing since Oprah came on the scene and how like when when those players left the guild and and came out and started exploring, you know, the different possibilities in, in Calgary and sort of developing relationships between the companies, um, it it started to create like. Like, I, I don't think that Andrea and Christine would have been producing their own show if people weren't encouraging them, hey, do what you want, make your own opportunities, you know? Here's a space you can rent. Yeah. That's, the, that's the Calgary, that's the Calgary 
thing, you know? It's got an entrepreneurial spirit. People just do it. If you've got a good idea, people will support you. Other people, other Calgarians. You know, it's got that, if, if, if you work hard and you've got a good idea, uh, Calgary wants it to succeed. And that's what I love about the city. And the, and the same thing is reflected in the improv community. People with ideas for shows that want to work hard and promote it and produce it are going to have some success because not just fellow improvisers, but other Calgarians will kind of pick up on that. But they're also going to have failures. Yeah. And yeah. that's important. Exactly. Right? Because while classes are awesome, like I was saying before, unless you have those opportunities for performance or you have that audience feedback loop and you start feeling like, oh, that's what happens when, like that's how I feel when a scene goes terribly wrong. Here were, here were the incidental things that made it happen. I, I, I would like to avoid that feeling in the future, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. and, that's how we, and that's how we are trained. Or so just they, in timing. You get your timing from an audience. You can't learn that in a classroom no. scenario. You, 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 yeah. you know, it's so important, right? And uh, you, you only get the feedback when the audience is there. You're like, oh, I said that line too early. You pause half a second, you deliver that line, and suddenly it's funny no matter what you said, just because of the sheer timing. Yeah, yeah. And you, totally. the little things like that, those are skills you can only develop in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, opportunities for performance are amazing. And now there's now this, this city has more and more of those popping up. And uh, yeah, I encourage everyone who's, who's, who's starting just to do it, just to get yourselves on stage. It, it might, the Calgary Improv you know, School uh, has a performance, an optional performance designed into the end of each class. So because because of that philosophy, like I think it's really important. You can't just learn it in a vacuum. Yeah. And so just to be like, hey, you guys, this class is you know, level A and level C just finished. You guys are going to put together, you guys have 15 minutes, you guys have 15 minutes, and then the instructors do um, a bit together just to keep it, um, to have something different for us too to do as, as instructors yeah. together. And uh, the last one we did was a total riot. It was a total riot. Me and Ryan Sheedy did one. It was called, oh my gosh, Deep and Visceral or something like that. Real yeah. and Visceral. So it's, it's, it's a cool, <laughs> up, you know, the, the Calgary Improv School and uh, is another vehicle to get on stage. Yes. When, when you're on stage, you're honing your skills, you know, and you're, 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 you're discovering what it is to perform. You can become, you know, you can understand what it is to improvise in class, but to perform is, is a different thing, and the two um, are, are linked. <laughs> so that's, yeah, so get on stage, do it. Find a way. Produce a show yourself. It's not as hard as you think. It might not be successful. <laughs> it pro probably, it won't. probably won't be. But that's okay. You'll learn. Yeah. Embrace your failure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I recommend improv classes to pretty much everyone I meet. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I can't speak in public. Take an improv class. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have a hard time writing. Take an improv class. Like, yeah. After doing a couple of years of improv. My wife's cheating on me. Take an improv class. Maybe you'll meet a nice maybe girl. Maybe some people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, uh, like, you know, you do a year of improv, and you've after you've experienced, like, in an improv scene being eaten by a bear and attacked by various forest creatures and this type of thing, when you go out in the street, like, you've experienced what can happen. What can happen? It's like, it's well, a lot of people have said in the courses that, they like, I always ask them why they're here. Like, what is their... What are they working on? What's going on for them that they signed up for this improv class? And, you know, there's always a few that say, I'm here to meet people. I'm here to have friends, like, and, and have this other environment. Like, I hate my job. Uh, you know, it's soul-sucking all day long, and then I just come here and I can be... Yeah, improv classes is, is the complete opposite to most people's job experience. Yeah. I mean, you guys work in the arts and maybe you could do improv maybe for a paycheck. When you Most office environments do not... 
appreciate a really good word at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that ruins most board meetings. <laughs> and you've tried. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we're uh, going to start we're, the meeting now. Uh, we'll we'll be, a word at a time around the table. <laughs> we're going to go through the agenda and approve the minutes uh, one yeah. word at a time. We're doing it as a uh, last I letter, first second letter. that <laughs> motion. <laughs> it just goes on unappreciated. Uh, they do like a yes, let's attitude. That seems to go far in a, <laughs> in a work As long as they're generating all the ideas and yes. you're the one saying yes. Yes. <laughs> so you have to do the, we could do this, but that would never work. Yeah. <laughs> and then that gives them the opportunity to go to one and want you for uh, saying it wouldn't work and take the idea for themselves. So it's a good. <laughs> well, improv teaches you to be able to engineer that if you need to. You can you can make someone think it's their idea or or support or offer something, then let go of it and then get on board with their idea and make it seem like you never offered something in the first place. That's <laughs> what women do with men all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole reason I started this podcast is because Laura, Laura said not to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it's his idea. Uh, that's nice. It's not true. No, false. <laughs> that was a false. Though, though your brother, brother, when I told him about the idea, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this podcast. He's like, nah. He, he converted it to like a ice toboggan or a, a concrete toboggan or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a metaphor for like a, a great idea that you'll never actually do. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, here you are here doing, it. doing it. Whoa. Where's he? In your Where's face, Ryan. Ryan. He's stuck in <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's probably playing video games right now. Probably it's Sunday. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. So uh, you're a teacher. Did you? Yeah. Did you always want to be a teacher? Well, as a child, I went through a few little. Oh, like ballerina was high up on the list. Uh, lawyer for a little bit, just maybe like a year or two. Forensic scientist was up there for yep. a long while. I didn't know that. Really? Hmm. I've known Laura a long time. I've known Laura since. I think it's because in grade we were, six they teach yeah. you about forensic science, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, fingerprints, solving crimes." You know, I had a fingerprint kit when I was a kid. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's totally you cool. Did. You did. Yeah, that's what you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I read totally. a lot of Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, that, 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 that made it sound sarcastic. I read a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Child put detective. The the, put the money on the barrel head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, child the detective. The great brain. So good. Cam Jansen, she had a photographic memory. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a visual imagination, so. Oh, yeah, this is, explain this. This is just good. <laughs> just tell people about this. I oh, love no. how you talk about this. If, oh, no. if anyone listens to this podcast, <laughs> they're going to freak out right now. Yeah, this is weird. So I don't have a visual, I named it a visual imagination because there's no way to say it. If you have one, you think everyone thinks that way. Um, so like I can't see pictures in my mind like, like people can. Like imagine an apple. I can think, well, it would be red and it would be round and it would be sitting on a table, but I can't see it. She can't picture an apple in her head. Isn't that funny? You can picture an apple in your head. Yeah. Because everyone can. I can think, you could be like, oh, now it's green. And I'd be like, you, okay, you it would be green. you words? Like when you're like, no, nothing. I have no, I have no visual. So if it's someone black. tells you to spell a word, what, what do you do? Well, I can still think. <laughs> <laughs> but you just have to remember I've been having this conversation this like, whole oh, time. You don't like see the, the letter spelled out in your brain as you, as you say what a word is. No. So like thing, <laughs> things like um, visual spatial things are really hard for me. Like hanging a painting on a wall because you can't. I don't know why. I, I I don't know if I don't know if those two things are connected. Mm. But 
but I feel like, or, or like for example, I have a blank canvas and I want to paint something, I have a very hard time generating what to paint. If I, if I copy, like if I say I would like to paint this mug, then I can paint and actually quite fairly well sure. I, can, I can paint. But I can't like um, decide visual spatially what I want and I think that's related to not being able to imagine. Like when people say picture this, I had no idea that people could actually get a picture. In you just thought mind. it was like a turn of phrase. Yeah. Or like visualization when you're like, like visualization so, so even is like about seeing. Uh, memories, like things you've seen, you have seen in the past? I don't have a picture of memories, but I have memories. Or like a dream. I can remember my dream, but it's like black. There's no... You remember the events of it? You remember, I remember the narrative? And, and like I can remember what it looked like, but I don't have a picture of it. You could describe it, but you don't have a picture in your brain. Yeah. Isn't so, that weird? Do you think that like affects your improv in any way? Maybe. It doesn't seem to I'm super, it. I'm super imaginative as like a, I'm a creative person. I'm. You're very playful, all those things, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think it stops me from creating things. But it would definitely keep you in the moment because it would keep you from like, because often when I, when I start a scene and like we're given an environment, I'll start mentally painting the, where things are. So I know where the clock is, and I know where the table is. What do you is, mean, like you can see like, it in I'm your standing, mind? I'm standing in the mind, and when I'm, when I'm, on, the, I'm on the stage, and I can see the office in my mind. I know the light's coming through the window. When someone says go to the typewriter, I have an idea where the typewriter is already. Yeah, like I have a, a like, oh, that's where the desk was. The typewriter would be on it. Yeah. And But I don't but you have can't, a picture you can't, of it in my head. Yeah, no. Okay. When there's like a kitchen, there's cupboards, I have the picture of them in my head when I'm improvising, so I go over to where I picture the sink to be. So mime is probably the mime. That's That probably I wonder impacts if, it. If, if just if, if but, but, but we keep specificity. You definitely keep you in the moment because you couldn't, when somebody else says something that breaks that, the, 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 one of the learning tricks you have to, uh, beginning of your improviser has to learn is to get rid of that idea that you've already pictured. Yeah, yeah you, don't to, you don't have to do that because you didn't picture it to begin with. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. Maybe that you like micro seconds. Yeah, like, the, the best way I came up with to explain to somebody was like, if you went into your room and the lights, it was pitch black in your room. Yeah. It's like, you know your bed's there and it looks like that, but you can't see it. That's what, oh. that's what, that's what it's like for me. It's like, it would have flowers on it because my bedspread has flowers on okay, it. Okay, I've got pretty good night Well, the thing is, the, the thing is, it's not even a good, like, way to explain it because probably what you would do is actually have a picture of your room with the lights on in yeah. your mind. Yeah, that's what I find. Wow, that happened. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's like when you, yeah, when you, look, when you lose something, yeah. you go back in your mind, it's like, well, I went here. Oh, I remember seeing them on the on Yeah, the do, counter. You ever, do you ever do that? You go, can you, you, you can't do that? Yeah, I, I have yeah. memories. I just can't see them. So you're like, okay, so I walked I in the door. I left my credit card over there. So just like, not even words coming up. Just like, I know I walked in the door. I know I put my things yeah. on the table, but you can't see yourself like, okay, when I came in, this is what I did. Yeah. I went over here. And I, I felt super down there. ripped off when I found out that people could do that. Oh. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> and then they were looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. So like, and then I had this, I remember I had this like super long conversation with my family where I was like, okay, like imagine we're sword fighting. Do you see a sword in your hand? And they're like, yeah. You, and I'm like, you can't. You can't. See yeah. one? Are you hallucinating? Like you see one in your hand? He's like, well, I see a picture of myself holding the sword in my hand. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wow. I'm just like, yeah. hold my arm out. Well, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, like when you're doing mime sword fight on stage. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what someone holding a sword would do. Yeah. Not I'm actually, oh, my God, that's so funny. I can't believe, I feel really ripped off. Well, yeah, it's like finding out, it's like 
movies are in color? <laughs> yeah. The whole time, not knowing. Well, well you know, that's like, how kids, like, I, I use that sometimes as how kids feel. Like, imagine if you found out that you're, like, dyslexic or something, and you're like, wait a minute, reading isn't this hard for everyone? Yeah. Just me? You well, know? Well, imagine, like, that's how blind people's memories would be. Like, they would have no mental image of... Yeah, unless, they, of, unless it, they had sight and lost, and lost it. it. But then they would at least have that visual imagination thing. Yeah. But if, but if they were born blind, they were born blind. Then yeah, I know. I guess it's kind of like you were born blind. Oh, <gasps> yeah, it is. It's like I was born blind. Brain blind. It's just black. It's just black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. my life. So what can't you do? Yeah. Um, what are your you do, handicaps? Hey, double jointed. No. No, can you? This is another thing. I can't roll like, my R's. I can't. I can't roll my R's. Oh. Here's something else that's connected with all that. So, um. Like, people store their memories in different places in their brains as well. Mm-hmm. And, and they also store time differently in their brains. So, like, um, if you want to know, it, like, for example, if you ask me what, like, oh, the wedding is in July. For me, my brain goes, like, um, in the top left-hand corner, it's uh, January. But, of course, I see no- none of this. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just think about it. January, and then as we go right, February, March, April, yeah. May, June, July. And then it's another row. Okay. So, like, August is in the bottom left. Uh, September, October, November, December. So, or if I'm thinking backwards, like, okay. oh, that thing happened in December, I think of, like, the bottom right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that- that, a lot of people have that kind of thing. Like the past is yeah. over here. Or, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like people flip through a calendar. Oh, it's in July, and then so they flip January, February, March, April till till July comes up. Or some people do it as a clock. Like uh, six months in is June, so like Ooh. six o'clock is June. That seems very Peter Pan or something. What do you guys do for your calendar? I don't know. Uh, like, just think, uh, in August, you're going to be in Calgary again. So I'm, so When's I'm, that? So I'm pretty visual. Like, I have a, a big full-year calendar by my desk at work. Yeah. And you just see the whole year all at once. And then I pretty much whatever calendar I have that up on, I'd be like, okay, who said July? I'm like, okay, that's whatever, whatever quadrant that would be on that one. I think it's linear for me. It's, like, left to right, probably. Mm-hmm. Just January 1. Like a timeline. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Probably. Or if you think of something that Sometimes happened in November, where do you go to? Like three quarters of the way down the line? Well, it's close to my birthday, so. So what, you see mm-hmm. pictures of like your birthday? On November? Yeah, I, if someone said November, I'll picture like cold. Um, probably, yeah, my birthday. Some, yeah, some people see like a window with the seasons out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, like I, I ask people this. I can, it's fun, dude. <laughs> and now I just want to think of all these cool things I could do that you can't. I know, I can still think of seasons. <laughs> I just can't see them in my mind. You think this is connected with you not liking music? I don't know. Although uh-huh. I did hear that not liking music is, um, there was like, I, I heard that uh, they did a study where they lit up people's minds, or sorry, they focused on people's brains, and then different parts of their brains lit up when when music was playing. And for like, whatever it was, 90% of the people, um, they had all this emotional, um, all these emotional parts of their brains were triggered. And then in like 10% of people, or maybe it was less, I don't know what the statistic was, it, it didn't. And so it was just like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, the color green's a thing, and golfing's a thing. You know, like, yeah, it's <laughs> around. It doesn't move them emotionally or... Yeah, but most people are, like, it's intense about music, right? Because it, because it has such a huge impact on them. And then for other people, it's just like... And I've always been like, why are people so upset about that? Like, you cannot, like, basketball... Have you, have you never cried at a song before? 
Oh yeah, I okay. like some songs, yeah. and and I like some styles of music. <laughs> You're not a cool emotionless robot after all. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't have an iPod. I don't. The only reason I download music is for for my improv shows or like shows that I write that I have to do the sound design for. I'll go and find music for that. But I don't. Like I I I have a CD player, like a ghetto blaster. <laughs> And I put it... I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I have a racist box that I put in my room. And, 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 like, just the other day, I was cleaning out my, like, classroom at school. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be there for eight hours doing nothing. I probably should bring some music. That would be a good opportunity huh. to listen to music because I just don't listen to music. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to have to, like, bring this ghetto blaster to school. And then... I was like, it was too much. It was too annoying. Urban so sound was, generator. <laughs> what boombox? Boombox. CD player. CD player. It was a you, CD player. And you just dated yourself. It's, CD player. Seriously, it's from my childhood. The CD player. I don't that remember I have. the one. I also have a discman it's in my so car. Be, <laughs> because when I go to the dentist, I don't like to listen. I can't stand so the. So you scraping. bring a discman? Yeah. Into your dentist's <laughs> office, a discman? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just like, hey, dental hygienist. Bitch, I'm not gonna talk to you. I'm gonna put this in. You don't talk to me. You get it done as soon as possible. I'm gonna put the skip we resistance leave. on, <laughs> yeah. and you, you, you yeah, have to you do. You just plug yeah. earphones into your phone, which is already also an iPod. But then you have to have downloaded music for that. It's so okay. Sorry, I, I, mean, I, I have the same reaction I, every time. I, I still like, can't believe it. I have like a it. sound design. I have sound design stuff on here, so I can put out like, <laughs> oh. like one time I went. Uh, Karina left her um, the show iPod at my house, yeah. and I decided I would go for a run and I would listen to music. Two things I don't do. Yeah. <laughs> so I put the iPod in okay. in my ears, and I'm like, I'm going for a run, and it's like, okay, music. It's a tune. It's good. And then all of a sudden. It would be like drip, drip, <laughs> like a sound effect, and then it was just on like random or whatever. It was super funny. <laughs> I found it oddly motivating. Yeah, drip, yeah, run, drip, yeah. run. Sometimes I hear a shotgun. I just run. Yeah. <laughs> I just run. An elephant? Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> they actually have that. You can get download thing. It's a zombie. Yeah, the zombie. Run. It's oh zombie God. running. So it's like uh, like a three D sound effect thing of like zombies coming after you just to motivate you to... That's crazy, man. <laughs> it's fun. It's crazy. So, on that note, uh, the show is April 4th. 4th. The, the fundraiser? Yes. Yeah. Improv Games, Catching Funds. You can buy tickets online. Improvgames.bpt.me Yeah, and uh, Fresh Notes is coming up at the end of the month. That's March 26th to 29th. And uh, just go to notimprov.com slash festival to find out all the info about that one. Sweet. So that's a good bunch of shows coming up next month. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 This, it's going to be pretty rad. March and into early April, so much amazing improv in this city. Well, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks for podcasting us. No problem. Yeah. dumb question, go to standupcomic.ca.